Well, what we're going to look at today is a story about social distancing and we're going to look at hope that is greater uh, than an end to disease. It involves people who had to be kept well away uh, from everyone else. They were called lepers. Now in the Bible, leprosy is more of a general term for skin conditions that were contagious rather than specifically uh, the disease that we would think of. Uh, But whatever the 10 people in our story today had, it was contagious. And so they had to keep away from everyone else. Uh, They were were self-isolating. They had to shout unclean when anyone came near them, uh, which is not something that we've had to do so far. Far. We've kind of kept the usual British thing of just kind of looking at one another as we make sure we keep our two, dis- two metres distance apart from one another. They could gather in groups of people who were similarly afflicted, but that really was the, the limit of the company they could keep. And they were in fact told to dress in mourning because effectively their life was over. Now, of course, some of them might just, uh, they might get better over time, uh, but that wouldn't have been the expectation for most of them. There was no guarantee that their lockdown would ever end. But one day, 10 of them realised that there was an opportunity for everything to change. And that's what we're going to read from God's word in Luke's gospel, chapter 17, starting in verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is God's word. Why don't we pray together? Lord Jesus, I just ask now that your grace would come upon every person hearing this message, that you would speak to each one of us, uh, that we would know about you and what you're saying to us and we'd be able to respond to us. Holy Spirit, help us now for the glory of God's name. Amen. Amen. The day that these 10 people realised they had leprosy must have been the worst day of their life. All their hopes suddenly left them. Their loved ones had to leave them and all they were left with was pain and misery, uh, probably for the rest of their days. But then someone must have told them that there was a man going around the place who was healing people of diseases, including leprosy. Uh, Maybe this was a a family member or or a friend. Maybe they were dropping off some food for them, um, obviously at a, a safe distance. And they said, hey, there's this guy called Jesus. He's healing people. If he ever comes your way, don't let him go past without asking him to help you. Well, One day that happened. One day they realised it was Jesus uh, who was coming near them and so they gave it everything they had to get his attention. Uh, They shouted really loudly. Uh, They called him Master, which is to say uh, that he's the boss, that he's got the authority uh, to change their situation. Uh, They asked him to have mercy on them, to not treat them according to their situation, but according uh, to the love of God. 
What does Jesus do? Well, if you've read the Bible at all, it won't surprise you that what Jesus does is heal them. Uh, The way he does that is he tells them to go to the priests. Now, the priests were the one in that culture who had the authority to declare that someone was clean uh, from their leprosy. And so he's saying, as you go, you will be healed. And they believe him. And as they go, they are healed. Imagine what that moment must have been like. The the 10 of them are uh, walking, maybe running, and suddenly they start looking at one another and they see... What you look, wow, you look different. Hey, you look different. Hey, the, 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 those marks on your face, on your hands have gone. Uh, that limp that you've been dragging around for years, it's gone. Uh, the, the rottenness of your flesh has been replaced with, with health. What an amazing moment. Maybe you're ill right now. Wouldn't it be incredible if suddenly you were totally well? Obviously, all of us at the moment, uh, we are uh, we're observing social distancing. We're, we're, we're mostly in our homes. Won't it be amazing when we can go wherever we like and do whatever we like with whoever we like? Won't, won't that be an amazing turnaround moment? Maybe you're living uh, just really heavily with the past of, of things that have happened in your life. Wouldn't it be incredible if all that could be taken away and a bright new future could be given to you? Well, that's what these 10 people experience in this moment when Jesus heals them. Well, what are they going to do with this miraculous change in their circumstances? Suddenly, possibly for the first time in years, they have possibilities. They have choices. So they're thinking, well, maybe we should go to the priest. Let's get the certificate. Let's get the proof that we're clean. Others of them maybe just think, hey, I'm clearly clean. I will get to the priest, but I can go and see my family for the first time. I can hold people and hug people again. I can go and see my friends. Maybe they just think, I'm just going to go into the middle of the village and shout that I'm back, that I'm healed. Maybe they're going to eat a hot meal with others for the first time in years. One of them realises that he's got to do something else first. And he turns around and heads back to where Jesus is. Now, we don't know if there was a conversation between the 10 of them. If he said, come on, we should all go back. uh, Or he said, I'm going back. uh, And the others were like, okay, yeah, I will get I will do that, but just not quite yet. Sorry, I just really want to go and do this other thing first. We don't know how that conversation panned out or even if it did, but we do know that this one guy turns back and goes to Jesus. And he goes to Jesus to thank him. And and Luke tells us that he was even louder than before when he was attracting Jesus' attention. Uh, The Greek word uh, for loud voice, two words is megasphone and Yeah, we use that phrase. We talk about a megaphone. It's really loud. Um, And so I just want to give an opportunity to any of the the kids who are in the rooms where this is being watched. Uh, If you're with your parents or carers, now's your chance to to get involved. Um, How about you shout thank you at the very top of your voice as loudly as you can, because that will help everyone else in the room with you understand what this guy did at that point. So if you want to go for that right now, you go for it. Okay, parents and carers, uh, you can thank me later. Now at this point, we could stop and uh, consider uh, the value of thankfulness. It's clearly an important part of this story and it's actually an important part uh, of our lives and certainly our lives as Christians, even in a time uh, like this when there's so much going on that's difficult and hard. But there's something deeper going on in this story, and I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to be like the nine uh, who, who got something great from Jesus but didn't get everything that they could have done. 
We're told that one of them went back to Jesus and he praised God and he fell on his face before Jesus' feet and he thanked him. Just to be clear, this is not how you respond to a doctor or a nurse uh, when they heal you uh, or they help you to get healed. What he is doing at this point is worshipping Jesus. This guy has realised that Jesus isn't just a healer, he is something more than that. And when Jesus speaks to him, he confirms this. He says to him, your faith has made you well. But that's not actually exactly what Jesus says at that point. Uh, Your Bible, maybe like mine, has a little footnote at the bottom um, of this sentence saying uh, that made you well can also be translated as saved you. It's the Greek word sozo, and that word has both these senses about it, a physical healing, but also rescue and restoration. Luke wants us to realise this. Yes, this is a story about Jesus healing people, about him doing them good physically, but it's also, it's also about something else. There's more going on here. And Luke uses that word sozo to get our attention about that. Because that's how he ends the story. He says this final word, sozo. Let's see how he begins the story. You probably didn't even uh, notice it. Uh, but he starts by saying in verse 11, as Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. What's he going to Jerusalem for? He's going to Jerusalem to die on a cross and to be raised to new life. He is going to Jerusalem to save us. And that's why we're looking at this story as we prepare for Easter in a time of coronavirus. Because however significant our current physical needs are, what we need most is saving. These 10 lepers knew that they had leprosy. Uh, The evidence was in front of their very eyes. One of the strange things about COVID-19 is that you don't necessarily know that you've got it. Well, none of us should be in any doubt that we are infected with sin. It comes naturally to us, so naturally that we just think it's normal life. Uh, We mess things up and we do much worse than that as well. And we see it in others around us. The symptoms of sin are everywhere and so are its consequences. Sin makes us socially distant from God. We're unable to um, hear his voice, receive his blessings. We're unaware of his goodness and his love. Sin makes us morally distant from God as well. Uh, we, we hurt ourselves, uh, we hurt others, and we become more and more set in our ways as we continue uh, to do this. And sin means that we will be eternally distant from God as well. Whether we die in this pandemic or in decades to come, an eternity of isolation from God and all his goodness awaits us. God's answer to this deadly disease that we have caused ourselves is Jesus. Jesus comes to us from heaven to earth, bridging a divide that we could never have crossed. He comes to live as one of us. He lives amongst us. And yet this sin that we've all got doesn't infect him. He stays pure all the way through his life. And then he goes to Jerusalem. He goes to the cross and he takes the punishment for all of our sins. And it's like in that moment, he, he absorbs all the sin, all the evil, all the pollution in us, and he takes it all upon himself instead. 
The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. And again, in Colossians 1, 19 to 20, for in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And that's what this story is really all about. So how do we respond to this? How do we respond to this saviour, particularly in these days? Well, firstly, I want to invite you to come to Jesus if you've never done that before. In the time that this story happened, to be a Samaritan with leprosy was to be just about as far away from God as it is possible to be. Uh, It really was to be far away from him and no one would have had any anticipation that someone like this could come to God. And yet, when this guy calls out to Jesus, Jesus hears him and Jesus responds. So however far away you feel from God right now, however desperate your situation, whether it's a mess that's entirely your own making or suddenly the, the virus has come along and just ruined your life, you can call to Jesus and he will hear you. You can say what this guy said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. Tell him that Jesus is Lord and not you. Give your life to him and he'll give you his life in, your pla- in, his, in that place. If you've done that or you want to know more about how to do that, we would love to help you. Again, if you want to email us, hello at kingschurchedinburgh.org. We can put you in touch with someone who'd love to chat with you and can explain to you uh, more about what this means, what it looks like. Uh, We do a little four-part course called Paths of Disciples, which you can do online with some other people to explore this more for yourself. Uh, We would love for you to be able to do that. But for those of us who are already following Jesus, who have put our trust in him already, what does this story say to us? I think one of the things it says to us is that we must stay close to Jesus. We mustn't get distracted, even at this time. So suddenly we're we're really aware of our circumstances, aren't we? We're, We're really aware how so many things have changed all of a sudden. Our certainty uh, has gone and it's been replaced with uh, uncertainty and confusion. Our confidence has gone and been replaced with an, an awareness of vulnerability that, we're, that many of us, most of us, aren't really used to. These things need our attention. We're right to give them our attention. But we must not let them obscure our view of God. He has not changed He is still our saviour. He is still wonderful. And we must see that and celebrate it. This time we're going through is not a break from normal life. It might be the defining season of your Christian life. What we've seen today is that the improvement in our physical uh, circumstances, uh, practical situations can be part of what God does for us, but it's not the greatest thing. It's not the most important thing that God does for us. Over the last few years, I've been really learning how to live this way, learning what it is to just put my trust in God and the eternal life that he offers to his people and and really not much else. Just been going through a series of of difficulties and uh, they've just, one of the things they've taught me to do is just put my hope in God because there's nowhere else to put it. 
I now feel kind of closer uh, than I did before to what, for example, the Bible says in uh, Psalm 84, verse 10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. And I feel, I feel closer to that than I used to. And I feel like I agree a bit more, at least, with what Paul says to the Philippians in chapter 3, verse 8. He says, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I know that Jesus wants this to be what all of us say, that he wants this to be the experience of every person who follows us, who follows him. Now, of course, I want this pandemic to be over. I I want to be uh, seeing your faces in person again. I I want the football to be on and I want the toddler groups to be on. And I want you to be well and employed and safe. Jesus told us to pray for all of those things. But he said, before we do that, we are to worship God and seek God's kingdom. And I think this story is a reminder to us that we must do that. The healed Samaritan did this by going back to Jesus before he did anything else. We do this by gathering online for Sunday services and for midweek small groups. We do it by spending time with God uh, in his word and by praying. And, And not just when we pray, bringing a list of our practical worries to him, but by focusing on who he is and loving him for that and thanking him for that. Uh, as Deb and I have been praying in the mornings, we, we've made sure as well as, as well as asking God for things, we start by focusing our minds on who he is and how great and how wonderful he is. And our love for him grows as that happens. The Samaritan gave thanks and praise to Jesus for what Jesus had done for him. And as he did so, he discovered that being healed of leprosy was just the start of God's goodness to him. If you're a Christian, you've had your sins forgiven. You've had your eternal future secured. You've been adopted into God's family. God has come and made his home in your heart now. These things are real and they cannot be shaken uh, by anything that happens in this life. We must focus on these things. Uh, We must delight in them. We must praise God for them, share them with one another, with people who know Jesus and uh, and are experiencing the same thing and with people who don't yet know him as well. As we do this, I know that God will draw us closer to him and that we'll see him for who he really is. Whatever is happening around us, will know and love and worship Jesus. Why don't we pray together? Lord Jesus, we thank you that you care for all of our life. In every moment, you're interested and you're involved. We thank you for moments of healing like those 10 lepers experienced. We thank you for moments of provision and protection. But these are just signs to us of your ultimate love and kindness to us, that you died for us and was raised to new life, that we can put our hope in you and have hope that lasts even through the most difficult times. Lord, would this light shine in our lives right now, in dark and uncertain moments, would we know and love you. Amen.